Welcome back to Doom Patrol Radio, WDPR 96.3, your favorite interdimensional eargasm. Today's episode looks like it's a job for the sex men. Oh, and uh, speaking of Cyclops, this one-eyed monster's reporting for duty. Uh-oh. You still have to you st- you still have to deal with faxes when you're dealing with these things in today's in your job today or tomorrow rather. I always I, I always ask people why can't we just start sending it via email now? Why can't why is the faxing still a thing? Hey, welcome back, nobodies, to your favorite Doom Patrol related podcast. This side of the painting, my name is Mark, and howdy, my name is Nathan. Hey Nate, how you doing today? Uh, I'm all right. Um, a little f- flustered, but in uh, other good ways. Bing. Uh, at cue that that's the cue for the uh, wink, tinkle noise. Bing. Like that? Is that is that? Is yeah, that the, just, I'm probably gonna. Yeah, that's what <laughs> that's it is we'll, now. We'll just edit that in. Uh, today we're talking about episode four, of season two, which is called Sex Patrol, which is directed by Omar Mata, and it's written by Eric Dytel, who also wrote Hair Patrol, and also we have new new writer Tanya Steele. Uh, it's our first first one she's doing for, uh, or they're doing t- for for this for Doom Patrol. Um, <laughs> and Nate, how did you feel about Sex Patrol today? It felt good. Mark, it felt good. Can I be honest? I mean, what other way? Yeah, you want to be honest? I'll, I would, yes, please. This is the this is my favorite episode of all episodes. Is it? This is the best one. Yeah. I think it's the best episode they've ever put out. I've got to be completely honest. Uh, holy shit. I've been holding it in for a while. <laughs> this is probably my favorite episode for a very long time. I, I don't know how they're going to top this. Eric Dytel and Tanya, you guys blew this out of the water. Absolutely incredible. I, I'm like, there's... The, the happiest moments of the episode, like I was smiling, and then even the saddest episode, the saddest parts of the episode, I was smiling because this is to me, the most Doom Patrol episode in the entire show. Um, it really resonated with me, and they did a really good job with it. Um, definitely my favorite one of all time. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure how they're going to top this one after that, but just to give to give us a, a starting point, today's today's episode, the synopsis is, um, because in, in the last episode, Pain Patrol, Danny, the brick is broken in half by accident. So today's episode synopsis is when the Danny Zins arrive at Doom Manor to save Danny, the brick, Flex Mentallo, played by Devin Chandler Long, helps Rita release. Oh, wait. They arrive at Doom Manor to save Danny, the brick. Stop. Flex Mentallo, David Chandler Long, <laughs> helps Rita release her mental block, and incidentally, much more. So two things there. 
But Flex Mattel is also here. Stop. <laughs> I thought you were still I thought you were still gonna do it uh telegraph style. <laughs> Telegram? Telegram. Telegram style. Telegram style. Uh yeah. Open telegram style. <laughs> I don't think you can sing anymore without getting in trouble. Um <laughs> uh, yeah, so definitely Flex Mentalo is here to save the day, question mark. Um, mm-hmm. Which is so here, Mark. Uh, let me let me let me uh, let me pass it to you then. Don't uh, pass it to me. I've been talking already. You're just uh, you talk. I know. Well, hang on. This is what I'm trying to do, and I don't know what the proper uh, segue into it was, but I'm going to be the one asking you now. What was your most uh, memorable Aww. part of the show? Most memorable. Most memorable. Um, not favorite. Not the. It's the first bang. First thing come to your mind. It's got to be the Cliff Steel stuff with with um, with how he's sitting in the basement while the party's going on. This is before Niles Calder gives him basically ecstasy. Straight up pure ecstasy to have a, a good time for the first time in a very long time. Uh, and this is what I'm talking about where it feels very Doom Patrol, like this entire episode. Is that, yes, they're having the, what is now like the classic Doom Patrol TV show stuff that makes you, you know, laugh and, and, and you really enjoy it. But it, this episode gets very heavy with these characters in their most isolated moments. And for once, it's not shrugged off with the use of the word fuck and just like being vulgar or explosive and angry. It feels like how when I read Doom Patrol, they have these speech bubbles of what they're going through. And Cliff Steele, in that basement with Niles Calder, like they're both fuck-up fathers. And they're really Mm -hmm. upset, you know, they're both upset at Niles Caller. Like, both he's upset with himself and Cliff Steele is upset with him. And for once, Niles Caller gets Robot Man to admit that he's also deep down very upset with himself. And, you know, Cliff Steele saying things like, I can't get out of my head. Like, I'm like, I just can't get out of it. Like, I'm, I'm doing everything wrong by trying to do, make everything right. And it's that kind of Been there. conversation that makes me feel like such a connection with those characters because that's how it was in the book. And that makes me happy. I know exactly what you mean. When, yeah. you, when you said Cliff Steele talking and like the, the dialogue that's reverberating in my mind of, um, you know, don't I deserve to have a break kind of thing? That's yeah. That is a cliff steel line i mean yeah it's just this man trapped in a robot body that that reminds me of of cliff steel how how he is in the grant morrison books and and Mm -hmm. from then on like that you know i can see that i see that cliff steel from the comic books in that moment i know a lot of us are now attached to the brandon fraser riley shanahan like that that version of cliff steel that is coming out with this show and I know there's that idea of that kind of character, but this right here is like, it goes back to, okay, well, why is this character great? It's not just that they're vulgar and, you know, 
explosive and you know high energy and stuff like that yes that is part of the charisma of the character but the pain of being in that robot shell comes back into play and like it's just like being trapped and i enjoyed that so much and i and that's what i that's what i look forward to when i see these episodes is like Yes, I want it to get crazy and sexy and, you know, downright weird. That's what Doom Patrol is. But but then also Doom Patrol is, like, getting into those those mental illness things, those, like, conversations of, like, why they're fucked up. Why are they weird internally? Well, you know, because these are weird people that make the show weird in general. Um, And so, to me, that was it. And then you get to enjoy that. The, the that those symptoms of that later when when Cliff Steele is on ecstasy we all get to have a laugh it's a great time he's being Cliff Steele as we know him and he's f- freaked out by the where he's like he's like freaked out but also aroused by the poltergeist sex poltergeist and stuff like that like we then get to enjoy that because we have suffered with him in the in that moment and um, it's not the only one it happens to. Um, I want to bring up some other ones as well because Larry Trainer has a big kind of moment as well. You know, if we're talking about fuck up fathers, Larry Trainer opens up to Robot Man when he's on ecstasy, like outside of the party, doesn't want to enjoy it, right? Like that's a great moment. And I mean, both of them kind of was they were in the same camp per se in the same mindset uh at that time because larry was still you know he was saying the same thing like everything i do is just you know i i ruin it i'll find some way to mess that up too <laughs> you want drugs like i'll find some way to mess that up man yeah and uh and then cliff going back to him like you know especially in a uh, last week's episode uh him realizing that like all of the pain and suffering you know that he is currently causing his daughter is all his fault and everything like that it's just these people that are just like they think they're doing the right thing maybe some are arguing that it is but uh you know the ramifications are not good on them or whomever else um i will say though most memorable memorable part for me Mm -hmm. um Flex Mentalo showing up at that door, introducing himself in just such the uh, Greek physique way that only he can. Yeah. Flex Mentalo to me is one of my favorite characters to get people to see for the first time because the character is so like easy to misread at first. You know, you see Flex Mentallo and you think like, you think like the the person, you know, Flex Mentallo has like the ability to be misread as like this overtly masculine in a bad way type thing. And what Mm -hmm. they do so well, you know, what everyone who has, you know, handled Flex Mentallo, they do so well is they make the character like, yes, he is extremely masculine this man is the you know the hero of muscle beach right you know like he is that guy but he's also the nicest dude on the planet like sometimes 
you may make the parallel to Superman, but he's like sometimes he is a Superman. Like he's such a nice person, and they couldn't have done it better than how they wrote, you know, him talking to Dorothy about Dorothy and like explaining to Flex, like, you know, I I'm the one who broke Danny. And then, you know, Flex being like, okay, well then you're going to, I guess you're going to have to help to fix them. Right. And, you know, flexing just his ears to get like Dorothy to, to fly, to hang the, the disco ball, like with that music, that music killed me. It was so good. Like they, they do a great job making Flex Mentalo just like this super strong, muscular, masculine dude who's also the nicest person. Like, that is someone to strive to be. Like, I would love to wake up and and be in the shoes of Flex Mentalo. Like, or, like, or shorts. Yeah, be in the shorts of Flex Mentalo. Like, what a great person. Like, honestly. Write that down. Hang on. What a great Write character. <laughs> it's also really good just to see him flex sometimes. I'm like, that's pretty cool. Like, <laughs> you look some great. Good, uh, some good body work. Good flexing. Like, it's... Some good flexing. It's very, very... Some good facial structure. Yeah, like, perfectly groomed, like... Perfectly groomed chest hair, like everything. Like the person just kills it as the character. Uh and I, I really enjoy that. Um and the other the other Danny's in is obviously Marley Crooked from the Peeping Toms uh cabaret and from Danny Patrol. And Danny Patrol was probably Perpetual Cabaret. Perpetual Cabaret. The the uh, Danny Patrol is probably like the best episode of season one. And at the time, that was the best episode. It was like, whew, I felt some type of way Danny Patrol. Like, I can't. So what I, you're saying right now is that Sex Patrol tops that? For me, yeah. This, this, those are like the top tier episodes is when the Danny Zins are involved and everyone, like they're having a party. Like everything Marley says in today's episode is so mm-hmm. empowering like we're talking about flex mentalo being empowering like morally is gives such great advice knows exactly what to do like and i think it's because that character has been through the worst right like the person started out at the ant farm worked for the bureau of normalcy and was just like enlightened and freed by Danny the street. And uh, like the writing, like it's not even because Tom Farrell wrote Danny Patrol. And now you have Eric Dytel writing, uh, writing Sex Patrol. Like they're doing such a great job of like, tr- like lending the baton off. And you don't feel a gap. Like you're just like amazed that these people can like, you know, this, the, the, the staff writers that are there to help and, and, and piece everything together. Like, man, it's, it feels like you want to be part of that party when you're, you're watching, right? Like the Danny Zens, how happy All they the are. Like in the, in, in the show and yeah. then around, everything involving around the show. 
Yeah. The production's a party, baby. It's it's from, just amazing. From, you know, in, in my point of view. Yeah. Um, like morally. Yeah, so, um, yeah, go for it. No, you, you say exactly what you were going to say because I think I'm going to tag on t- to that. Is it? I was going to say something about morally having a conversation with, uh, with Victor with, with Cyborg. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and like that's, I mean, f- I, this may be uh, the night the naivety talking, but I was mm-hmm. getting just like hardcore Guinan vibes off of morally corrupt in there. I, I that's a good way to see it, to be honest. Yeah. And it, for those who don't know, I mean, like that Whoopi Goldberg's character from from Star Trek, yeah, full of wisdom, like truly full of wisdom. Mm-hmm. And and something I, I really took from that conversation, that the advice that Morley is giving Cyborg, is that you know they talk about judging judgment or pe- you know judging people for for not being like or being exactly like them, and people don't. People get upset about the idea that you might be equal to them, and they get upset about that. And what I took about that is, is Cyborg, I feel like, treats people that way, you know? And the way I understood that is Cyborg has to be like, I should not be like that. And I feel like he does. You know, we talked about it in Time Patrol and in Pain Patrol, but Cyborg sometimes thinks of things black and white, like heroes and bad guys and terrorists and heroes and i feel like if he's going to want a better life he's got to change the way he is too he can't just you know pursue ron ronnie and just be like okay well you know that's what i want i'm gonna go get it but it's like you have to fix the way you treat others as well and that's what i liked most about is that you know, Mor- Morley has like this way of like giving advice of like a good way to have an outlook to change who you are instead of like changing how the people who are, you know, who don't like you in return or see something wrong with you. It's not about changing their minds. It's about changing who you are internally as you like try to make the world a better place or try to live in a better place. Um, I just really like that because in a weird way, they handled it. In the best way possible, they 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 handled it by educating the person instead of just being like, you know, those are your adversaries out there in the world. They're not. It's you know, you have to understand where they're coming from. You have to understand who you are and in, inside. That's I think it's amazing. I mean, that's why Victor has a room at that house, man. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, he fits in it. He's still got to be there. He's got he's got his own he's got his own issues that he has to work at work on before he can even, you know, have a cool dream about joining the Justice League. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But even, and, but even then, I mean, come on, shouldn't some of the members of the Justice League really need to talk to someone too? They all do. Everyone needs to, yeah. <laughs> Especially Batman. All of them do, but like. It's it's great to see that you know like at the end of the episode like they're having like that fourth meal like in the kitchen like everyone's eating grilled cheeses like the party's over everyone's gone and Larry's 
supposed to be making grilled cheeses for everyone, but he's like stuck in thought. And, you know, Cyborg is like, I guess I'm back. I don't know why I'm back, but I feel like mm-hmm. I need to be here. All of that, like just how they're all worn out, like the, all their energy is spent. It's like, you know, as they say in the episode, it's way past bedtime. And mm-hmm. I love that 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 feeling of their exhaustion than yeah. trying to eat a grilled cheese in the middle of the night and having not cleaned mm-hmm. up anything. And Cyborg just being like, I, I got to work on things. Like, it's such a... And- it's such a I was going to say, and, oh, sorry, geez. This is such a good ending is all I was going to say. I was going to say, and uh, love a good title card, let me tell you. The title cards were very good. Very great job by the editor or, uh, on that one. Cha- chapter cards? Whatever yeah. they're called. Yeah, passage I call of them time. title cards. Title card? <laughs> yeah. Whatever, you know, a device um, used to indicate passage of time. Yeah. Um, so I guess, you know, and and before we get into like the, the story, but the other character that we want to talk about is definitely crazy Jane because crazy Jane start, we get to find out that, you know, other personalities are taking turns kind of like, uh, they're taking like shifts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To be the primary until they, they can figure it out. And you know, one of the first personalities we see is the hangman's beautiful daughter. And I, th- th- I don't know if you have a, a favorite personality uh, amongst the crazy Janes, but like the, the hangman's beautiful daughter, you know, that was kind of like my first personality I've ever saw reading the books. And that's that to me is my favorite personality. So when I got to see her again, like, I'm that that makes me very happy. That's my favorite personality to see. Even though all she does is paint, that's all she's there to do is paint. To me, that's like such a cool personality because the meta gene thing is that it the paintings come to life, and like we love a good painting here, man. Yeah, that's that's the most that's the personality that has an impression on me the most and seeing that character is like my all-time favorite one um but yeah i don't know do you do you have a favorite uh personality is there i don't know does everyone have a favorite personality (laughs) um favorite personality hmm i don't know if i could choose a favorite but uh on screen i am a uh, big admirer of uh dr harrison oh yeah that power of persuasion is just always like uh that's uh you know that's a jedi trick that's that's you know that's wild i love that i've always loved that so like that uh, that thing and like the profound uh dialogue that dr harrison usually has um especially in this one uh when she went into the 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 headquarters uh sex sex men headquarters truck sex machine yeah the sex machine yeah um, when she started like talking about like the end of the world and stuff like that, it was like just like extremely. That was Doctor Harrison, you know, especially right. Yeah, you know, with the gene bomb going down and the cults and everything like that, it's like whoa, whoa, wow! I like, I like, I like that. Um, yeah, it's just yeah. wild. Um, it's good. I like when people 
they they get the other actors to kind of do their lines so that they know who to mimic. And so like with Dr. Harrison with Crazy Jane, it's like you can tell Diane was like you know the act the actor who plays Dr. Harrison in the underground that you know Diane was just like say these you know do these lines so I can mimic your mannerisms as the character in in reality. And so when you see Diane talking, especially when she first steps in the sex machine, she starts talking, you can see like the therapist's mannerisms. And it's not just, you know, Diane with makeup and, and hair, her hair done to just look like the personality. You can tell she's really emulating how that actor portrays um, Dr. Harrison in the underground. I, I think she did a fat fantastic job and then you know the other primary that we see is is obviously scarlet harlot which when oh we got fireworks going off um when when the sex sex men were were like revealed to be a part of this season i knew it was like okay well scarlet harlot's gonna be um around gonna be in this in this show yeah um, and for and for those of you listening, you know, wondering why we say that, you know, what is based on what? Because I don't, we haven't really gotten to that. I don't know if anyone really cares about facts like that. But um, in like issue forty seven through forty nine, it's like Crazy Jane. She she goes through some kind of shift. It's almost kind of like how Karen shows up in Danny Patrol or episode before that where karen shows up and she becomes the the obsessive primary Mm -hmm. scarlet harlot does that in the comic books and her like extreme sexual nature causes the sex men to like show up and they start scanning things and like looking for and then they find her and they're just like whoa who is this woman we gotta you know take care of her like before and um that's hey man you know, whoa so whoa I, whoa is my webcam on how do you how do you know what happens on my friday nights it's it's really weird because like scarlet harlot is like doing these like masturbatory things on like this bed and the sex men are just like staring her down like she's like a exotic animal they're just like whoa what is going on here it's her sexual energy is like off the charts, man. It's yeah. it's so bizarre. Um, but she's it's not, like, she's uh, not uh, the... Ghostbusters of sex. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Sexbusters. Yeah, but it's not sexbusters. How do we call sex men? Because yeah, I know. So because um, we we couldn't get the we couldn't get the rim shot uh, audio to throw in a little bit ago, so we just had to settle. Yeah. I'm sure Budget's people are pretty tight now, Mark. I'm sure if people are wondering if you know, because not everyone like probably keeps up on things, but like if people are wondering if Sex Men is a obvious reference to X Men, yeah, absolutely. We've I think we've talked about it before, and a lot of people who know Doom Patrol they know that uh, Doom Patrol and X Men are kind of uh, rivals in that sense or parallels. Um, and so, yeah, Sex Men is definitely a reference to that, uh, to the X Men, and uh, you know I, what I think is so great about today's episode as well 
just come just coming from that comic book accuracy comic book adaptation comic book translation is that eric and tanya they didn't just say we're going to take an arc of a comic book and just put it on tv and and one-to-one they really they really made an episode that's part of this entire season and it just happens to use things that come from the same comic book and what i mean by that is the main villain shadowy mr evans or what they call him in in today's episode they call him you know a sex demon they i think they only call him shadowy mr evans like once um and he barely has any resemblance to the character except for the beginning part where like the stethoscope comes out from the top of his head um shadowy mr evans is also from that issue issue 47 um but it really almost has like no true like the character that you see in today's episode is really nothing like the character from the the comic books and that's okay and i like that because you know they were just like okay well we'll use the character um and you know the character is crazy and exotic but it's it's very much like Red Jack that it was just like a two issue thing. And, you know, the character came and went and he was wacky and whatever. But instead of, you know, the character being treated like Red Jack where they were like, we're going to just do that arc verbatim and put it on screen. They were like, we'll just use the character and the character can just, I guess, be a sex demon, baby birthing apocalyptic scenario. It's like, yeah. okay that's cool uh and then the sex man could be involved with him and that's not how the comic book plays out whatsoever and well i think that's i mean you remember s- same a similar thing happened in season one with the uh, uh cult patrol and you know the eye in the sky mm-hmm. not to be confused with that pie <laughs> that's up there mark been waiting for that thing yeah, to come down for yeah. ages you know what they say uh, Doom Patrol Radio brought to you by Pie in the Sky. Uh, no. <laughs> um, yeah, I know. Uh, Scarlet Harlot, I, I think that's a great, uh, you know, it was great to see her, like, on there. I think there's a deleted scene in, in the episode, though, where she's supposed to do, like, karaoke or something. Like, but they, I saw that in some of the screenshots, but they, that scene didn't happen. So I think they, they probably cut that out. Yeah, I saw a tweet that said that some things didn't make it. You know, yeah, Eric Dytel said uh, that. <laughs> release a, a DVD special release features. Dytel cut. <laughs> I'll um, um, I'll uh, I'll hey, I'll pay money for a, like a special features CD or a like a download or you know a mm-hmm. DLC. Well, it's HBO Max. They give you like the little look behind things in it, right? Sometimes they got documentaries. It would be cool to see, you know, anything that got deleted or removed, but it may not have been, if anything, it was probably just going to further Scarlet Harlot, like her, her personality. Yeah. You know, that's um, called more character development, but wait, so hang on back up two steps. Go for it. One, two, one, two. What happened? um, Slide to the left. What happened to her? (laughs) Osmosis Jones? No. 
That's not the title of the show. No, what happened to Robot Jones? Is That's what, what it was. About. I even said it before. Um, no, what happened to everybody? I, I don't know about you, but I was a big fan of like DVD special features, commentary tracks, these things that like came on the second disc or just like you know in the in the menu. You get the cool DVD menu mm-hmm. with the little you know menu pod things that you would. Bloop, bloop, bloop. That's really just like I'm thinking of Revenge of the Sith. You had that's cool. Revenge of the Sith had like three or four right? different DVD menus. You remember that? That's wild. Anyway, uh, where did the disconnect happen with uh, not wanting people not or you know just like maybe people still do want deleted scenes in like a you know a special features pack, but that's just not the way uh, productions are going anymore. You're talking about special features. In yeah, general, just that just concept. Yeah, scene. just that. No, just well, both. If there's if there's uh, two separate arguments for both of those, I would like to hear both. <laughs> we don't have. I, to I mean, I'll it. tell you right now. When I'm buying any movie, it's like the first thing I I want. That's the reason I buy DVDs. I see a movie as many Physical. times as I can, and if yes, but, okay, you know, you you get them with digital too, so it doesn't matter. How do you the get it with, the, with the digital? They just cut there. It's just there. Well, f- yeah. Well, first of all, you don't pirate it. Second of all, you just buy it, and it comes with it. <laughs> it comes so, with it on the menu once you hit play on it. So, like, I always had. <laughs> <laughs> it'll say I play never had, <laughs> or it'll say special features. You so, but okay, so says, like that, like uh, the the concept of of of. Mm, I can't. I can't fix it. Uh, <laughs> no. I got my shovel in my hand, buddy. <laughs> um, I didn't know I could lift see. my foot that high. Uh, to my to my mouth, is where it's... I got it. I, 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 I'm pretty sure everyone else... Do you need another one? They, I could probably think of another one. Um, Nate, what did you... Uh, um, what did you think about the the problem of of today's episode and that being uh rita has a mental block quote unquote mental block that ins- that almost destroys the entire world <laughs> just the uh the nose on the dot kind of thing to me i was like this is very spicy very spicy i really uh i enjoyed it as a Flex Mentalo fan, as a Rita Far fan, as a Doom Patrol comic reading fan, because that's when you know when Shadow and Mister Evans gets involved, and you know it was just like for me at least, it was just like I'm glad th- this went how it went, but like man, that was spicy at first because I was like, you're asking, you're asking Flex to do what now? <laughs> Just really good stuff. Need to help her out, man. He's a good guy. Yeah, really good guy. Really knows how to flex those muscles. Um, and I never, I never uh, caught that at first. You know, you know, when they're at the party, and she's like, "You're very in control of your muscles," and I was like, "Huh." I never thought about how she is like the complete opposite of not being in control of her muscles. Mm. Again, two different sides of the spectrum there i never put that together that is that's why those guys write these episodes because they're really good at it (laughs) 
Um, but what I wanted to, you know, one of the more important things to come out of that, that Rita Farr arc in, in today's episode is that, and this is going to tie into Dorothy and then it's going to tie in, into, to Danny, who's, you know, they're the center of, of today's episode. Um, Rita Farr, her trauma, you know, she, when she's first hanging out with Dorothy in the beginning of the episode, she, I, I don't want to say lie because I don't believe it when, you know, when Dorothy asks, like, am I beautiful? And, you know, I don't want that to seem like a lie that she's not because she is in, in, in a way that I think is, is like pure, like, yeah, you're, there's really nothing wrong with you. You're a great person. Um, and kudos to, to Abigail Shapiro for playing this character so great. Um, and like, you actually believe like it's an 11, 11 year old child. Um, even though the, ch- the character is technically a hundred and three quarters, <laughs> it's just this very cute persona that Dorothy has. And, uh, y- you know, with, the the character development the character development that happens with Rita Farr saying that in saying one thing in the beginning of the episode and then once she's exhausted she sa- she kind of repeats what her mother says and she says like you have so many other talents focus on those and it almost feels like a lie that hurts but it's also really good and i really enjoy um you know, how the trauma of, of Rita Farr and, like, what her arc is in today's episode also affects who is kind of, like, the main character or the, or... I say main character even though she's not really... they What do they say? She's a reoccurring character, a cast member on, on this season. Like, to me, she's the focal point or, like, the linchpin to this entire season is Dorothy. I really enjoy that Rita's arc, like, comes back into play for how Dorothy's character is, is progressing. And um, do you think Rita with that it? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Finish your thought. No, 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 please. No, please I thought go. your hand was, te- I thought you, I thought your hand was a signal. No, uh, um, I was like vamping at this point. <laughs> do you, do you, so like what, listening to what you just said, do you think that you said you don't want to think what Rita uh tells Dorothy at the end there is you don't want to think it's a lie but do you think uh that advice is bad you focus on you know other talents like you you're you're good at you know you're good at so many other things or because then I just have to go back I think is to when Rita's or uh Gertrude's mom told her that was it in a in a way to I think it's I think what it is is that Rita is still still has that mental block like if that's what we want to call it like she still has the mental block and because of that she still does not know how to deal with things herself internally so that when someone who's just like her at her age of what her age would have been at 11 her advice is only the same thing that her mother said because this goes back to what we've been talking about this or what what, what they've been telling us this entire episode is that the parents are the fuck ups fucking up their children. Larry Trainer, Cliff Steele, Niles Calder, and Rita's mother fucked up her 
And so now Dorothy, the child to basically the Doom Patrol, is getting fucked up advice from them. And then also we get to find out that Danny has also not made the right choices all the time. And because this is Danny's episode as well, we get a lot of Danny in today's episode as well. And like, felt good. There's, yeah. And this is what we're talking about. Like, there's these great, like, lovable moments, but I also love the fucked up parts of the episode. Like, the, I think the highest of highs. It, in the in this moment was like Dorothy and Niles like and really it was just like Abigail and and Timothy Dalton like doing this piano duet thing singing and you know what is it like world of imagination is that the full title of that song like it's just it's a it, it was an emotional moment watching that scene um and they absolutely killed it in this episode. Like every, there's so much that happens in today's episode with the sex men and shadowy Mr. Evans and like robot man on ecstasy and Dorothy doing, you know, the, the musical bit. Like, I'm glad that stayed in the episode. It's, you know, it's sad to hear that they cut out the Scarlet Harlot musical number, but like the Dorothy musical thing, like, absolutely amazing i i'm so happy that you know this episode exists the way it is so robot man um, on ecstasy just sounds like a a kick-ass art movement and i think i think we're gonna make it happen this it's it was pretty cool i didn't that it was probably like my least expected thing was robot man having you know i I figured he would be the one who's bummed out the entire time because he can't feel. I didn't never thought that, you know, Niles Caller could just be like, oops, dump ecstasy in his brain or something like that. Like, <laughs> it's such a funny concept. It's it's great. I I was I was there for it. Um, hey, you want to know something weird? Um, as mm-hmm. of the time of this recording, uh, and like, so uh. One one day previous, whatever you want to, you know, add, do your 1, own cool. One thousand years ago. Yeah, well, do you, I mean, listeners, do your own uh, cool voice of, you know, just saying yesterday. Yesterday, I was, uh, you know, on on the uh, on the old YouTube uh, inter- videos uh, search w- engine, and uh, I was just like watching like interviews and stuff like that, and like three or two in a row came up of. Um, uh, Gene Wilder, weird, right? Before I even knew any of this stuff like that, and then they go and start singing a song today. I was like, "What? That's uh, odd coincidence." It was, it was so unexpected. Like I didn't expect that at all, and I, I even thought like they were just gonna go straight into having the party that that we see towards the, you know, you know, the middle of the episode, party. and then later part of the episode. Like the the actual like just full on like nightclub like party. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it starts as the lounge, I was like, oh, I I didn't know that this was going to be their first attempt. And then uh, w- when Dorothy like does like 
start singing like it was all very unexpected and it's such a roller coaster like today's episode like how it starts and then like it's a party and then rita has like the whole orgasm thing that like attracts shadowy mr evans like it is completely (laughs) like just it's a it's a it's a trip i'm sorry Rita has this whole orgasm thing. I don't. Even, I don't know what that is. Could couldn't be me. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> trying to like. I know we curse a lot and stuff. And I'm like just trying to keep it like that's fine. Somewhat not too explicit. But I'm like, it's just such a. It's such a bizarre. Like you can weirdly relate to it in a way where you're just like. Oh yeah, Rita Farce has got like a very long drought, like, and but then on top of that, she's got like a mental block. Like, there's just so much that Rita Far goes through, and and you know the, lately they've been promoting like, oh, if you want to know more about Doom Patrol, you should watch these episodes. This is one of those where it's like, if you want to know the Rita Far like character development. This is going to be one of the the next installment where it's like this is the one you have to watch. You have to go watch, you know, like uh, you have to go watch like Paw Patrol, and then you have to go watch like um, uh, Sex Patrols up there. It's just like one of those things. It's it's so monumental of an episode. So much stuff happening. It's like I said before. Like this this has to be my favorite episode. I, I really wouldn't know what else to do, um, but. Uh, the on, the main I, I focus. Gotta, I gotta take notes. Here. Oh yeah. One second. Uh, you said sexual mental block and long drought. drought. All right. I gotta. I'm probably gonna have to rewind because I gotta. I gotta figure out how to. I gotta figure out how to get out of here, man. Because I need. I obviously wasn't taking notes. Uh, where's that rim shot? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you're doing over there. <laughs> I'm laughing at my own jokes over here, buddy. The situation happening with Dorothy right now is it, it got scary to a point. Dude, she gets, oh my like, god! I'm so glad you just said, dude. That's fucking scary. The Candlemaker's voice is terrifying to me. Like, yeah, I heard it enough in this episode where it's like, no, nah, I don't, I don't like that. And then like putting myself yeah. uh, in that you know same position would be like, hey, if, you, if that's like the voice that you're hearing. Uh, that's, that's pretty scary, man. Also, like, the and whole, the, like, the, you know, uh, the, like, you know, the poltergeist, uh, visuals and whatnot that was going on in the room and everything like that, um, <laughs> was, was great. Um, but that voice, that is, uh, that's, that's something. I'm, like, genuinely, uh, you know, that, that hits the nerve in horror genre for me where it's like, yeah, that's scary. Yeah, and I I recommend people do not read the Candlemaker like arc or even like try not to read like the first couple issues of maybe the Rachel Pollock Doom Patrol either just like if you are enjoying what may might happen like but you don't want things spoiled probably don't read what is based off of because that could potentially spoil what's going to happen um i don't know 
but I, I mean, I've read those, so I, I'm hoping to be surprised as well. And, and so far, like I said, with today's episode, they, they can do episodes and, and take from the books, but not feel the need to do them one-to-one ratio. Uh, Candlemaker, big, big, uh, if, if anything, just like probably maybe one of the more successful Doom Patrol villains. So definitely keep, it's going to be definitely interesting to see what happens, but you know, it's, it's heartbreaking for this young child to, to, to realize that Danny is like helping Niles Calder keep her locked up and it, it the, the it, note where we're <sighs> go for I it. Say, I was going to say it, it honestly, like we have good experience with it. It falls into that, uh, best intentions idealism. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Which I'm not entirely sure that's, you know, a, an excuse or if, you know, that's like the crutch you need to be supporting yourself on. Um, yeah. But uh, I think that's just like always. Uh, maybe that's just always the question that is supposed to be asked. I think Danny asks themselves that, you know, and like with it's so heartbreaking because, like in the in the episode, Dorothy asks Danny, like, "Were you really my friend, or were you just a prison?" And when Danny replies, like, "I wish I could have only been your friend." It's like, oh, man. Right answer. It's so upsetting. And then, like, you know, before that, Danny's like, well, you know, Dorothy sneaks into the party. She tries, like, a vodka martini, and Danny's like, that's an adult drink. <laughs> it's so, I, I love the use of Danny in, in the show because you can, you can very much feel a personality there mm-hmm. and just the way that the character's dialogue shows up. It's, it's very good. Like even in the flashbacks in, in London, like on the street signs and stuff like the, that, the, the flags uh, unfurl or the banners unf- unfurling and things. Yeah. Yeah. All that stuff. They do such um, a great job with what the, the, the little chirps uh, of, you know, the dialogue boxes, yeah, that would pop up. I, 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 I like you know, that. Obviously, in my subconscious, my uh, mind was going to uh, uh, the superintendent. Like straight up, I was like, "Oh, uh, oh." It's still my text <laughs> right now. Yeah, and I was thinking that too. Like they need to come up with a a Danny ringtone. Danny the ringtone is what they should call it. Mark, uh, you have absolutely no idea how many golden items you are spitting out on today's episode and i am i i my pen has been going they i'm gonna make it <laughs> i'm gonna make it and i just gonna put it out there um also eric ditell is like i hope people make a lot of gifts out of today's episode because it's a very gifable um episode now are I you reading so. you're reading live tweets right now this is what's happening no, I was getting my ringtone out because it's playing oh. the superintendent thing. That was, I don't know if you even heard that. I Did you play something? Yeah, I was like trying to... I don't even know if it could play. Um, what happens to Danny at the end of this episode, Nate? Uh, 
uh, you want to, so like from my first impression? Um, yeah. Uh, well, I Danny know... eventually grows into uh, attire. Um, and I, first impression, the, the only thing that I uh, could associate uh, Danny and attire is with Danny the Ambulance. So um kind of hoping it's in that direction. Um but also, you know, it's it could be something completely different, and I'm going to love it either way. That is my guess as well. I'm really hoping that happens. And I hope that brings us uh Casey from the yeah, so Gerard that's, way. I was gonna say, well Yeah, we've um, been surprised so far. (laughs) My question is kind of just because of uh, my understanding because of the uh, uh, Casey storyline and everything. Um, The Dannysons are essentially just that, right? Uh, Did did Danny uh, make them, you know, because Danny's not a street anymore right now. Doesn't want to be a street anymore, right? So, how are the Dannysons? Uh, where where are they? Do they appear, reappear? I'm assuming. So, in that kind of Casey Brink like mindset, um, did Danny just manifest all of the Dannysons? No, because the Dannysons were real people. Okay. Yeah, I'm real, I'm, th- I'm thinking I'm, it through. It's it's the gears are yeah. It's a good question to ask where where they went or where they're going to, but I think that's the purpose is that they are going to look for a new adventure or what to do next. And what's so fitting about the way that they redid this, because again, it's like, yes, we know in the comic books that Danny becomes, you know, Danny the ambulance. Yeah. And And also, wouldn't it. Wouldn't a nicer place for an eleven-year-old girl be a theme park rather than a you know a, a street underneath a street? Yeah, but I I also think it's important that Danny says, "I don't want to be a street that imprisons your daughter. I want to do. I want to be a better a better entity, a better person. Just, I want to be." Danny just wants to be uh, better. Yeah, Danny the ambulance could be some some someone who helps people. You know, like Danny the ambulance could be a helping hero more so than just being a, a street that just uh keeps people safe and hidden and it's like it, I, if Danny's choosing to be a more active being. Mm-hmm. Um and I, and I think the ambulance is a good call and I hope that like if I had to guess, um, and if this is if season two of Doom Patrol is going the way of like the end of Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol run, then my hope, and this is probably not going to happen at the end of this season, maybe the next season, but I would I would love to see Dorothy becoming that leader of Doom Patrol that she was at the start of. Rachel Pollock's Doom Patrol and then like you know because the Doom Patrol might be scattered or you know in some way defeated that a third Doom Patrol has to start now you had your old Doom Patrol and then this is the current one 
And if a new formation of Doom Patrol has to start, you have Dorothy, but you might also have Casey show up and then Danny the Ambulance. Like That would be you know, a cool way to take the Rachel Pollock run and the Gerard Way run and kind of just like mesh it together because in both of those, Robot Man and Crazy Jane, they're just like, they're not with the Doom Patrol. Things, shit has hit the fan and they're not here. And stuff has happened to Niles Caller. He's not here anymore. Like, it would be really cool to see that if if what they're showing in the season so far, if if that comes to fruition. But um, overall, it's like, man, the first three episodes, it was cool that they all dropped at the same time. Um, and I was a huge fan of Red Jack. Like, I think it's been my favorite villain of the show so far is Red Jack. And Time Patrol is just uh, a great time episode. But man, Sex Patrol, to me, this is my favorite episode. I might even rewatch this one again. Like, I mean, I've rewatched all of them, but like, I might rewatch this one again this weekend. But, um, yeah, don't even say yeah, might. That's like not even, that's, it's, it's gonna <laughs> you have happen. to. Everyone has yeah. to rewatch it. I do use um, this, uh, HBO thing quite often now. I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you one thing. I use I I watch it on both, um, and I guess I've already watched it twice now. I don't even know why I'm saying it. You I'll still watch it on, watch on it. the DC? Uh, do you get points for that? I or watch is it. Was yeah. that just the comic? <laughs> Should I I'm not be to saying this points. though? You still get you get, get points for points. watching episodes. You get points for all kinds of stuff on the DCU rewards program. You get points on uh, like, not hashtag not an ad on rewatching things. That's a series. Yeah. You get points on that. Wow. Yeah. You get points for rewatching stuff, reading comic books. It's just as long as you're reading and watching. I mean, you're still on a daily recap, but like I'm trying to get these points because I want this season two poster. That's can you get me um, the se- can you get so get enough points get on one season two poster get it for yourself and then get me another season one poster. No, I want a season two poster. Those ones were great. Yeah, I got the season one poster. I know, and I'm jealous. I'm using my Chuck E. Cheese tokens here, man. Where's the? I'm uh, putting it. I got the garbage bag full of uh, Chuck E. Cheese tickets. I'm cashing them in. It's the same concept. You do the 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 crane, the internet crane, uh, game. It's all about the avalanche game. That's. I saw oh, an ad for, I saw an ad for that. Like, I don't know what it was on, but it wasn't on like uh, you know YouTube Instagram. or something like that. No, maybe it's it was on. on Inst- yeah, I think it was on Instagram. Where yeah. I was like, oh my god, that's the, that's the thing. That's the Japanese crane game Mark plays. <laughs> that's the thing that Mark's getting. He got a Toreba. He got a he got a plushie. Oh boy, I just knocked a lot of things over. But let's go ahead and uh, Nate. Unless you got. Um, Unless I, I steamrolled over it, which I apologize in advance, but um, no, man, uh, you did not do anything of the such. Um, this you have is, any I mean, closing notes for today's episode before you wrap up? Yeah, um, you you've been at a party, um, and you've 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 hit that like brick. You, you've been in that situation, right? You hit the brick wall, and it's just like, oh man, I do not. Uh, feel good and I do not want to be here right now um I think the most like one of the most wild things in realizing that especially with uh Larry uh in the 
library dent whatever he was in the other room um and cliff coming mm-hmm. down and like them having their moment and everything like that what was jarring to me is that um you know larry's still feeling like the way larry feels in his own house and in you know last week's episode we just got the whole bit about like him and rita trying to like comfort him and you know giving him the bandages it's like you should at least be comfortable in your own home it's like oh man and then he's now he's he's uncomfortable and in, in his own home it's like yeah, i don't i feel for larry trainer so much mm-hmm. i am so uh empathetic empathic yeah what's the word the which dancing one? bit well empathetic is when Emp- you can you you sympathize because you relate to it yeah so empathetic. it's happened to you <laughs> Yeah. Um, sympathetic is just like you understand that that person is feeling a certain way so and like to put in in a let's yeah, put in larry trainer way so he the, was a you know a absent father and he wasn't there for his kids and now his kids are gone and he feels like he was not there if kay. you have been in that situation that's empathy if you just understand, like, oh, I'm so sorry for you. I feel that's well. Just it's like, more than that. It's just sympathy. This uh, no, it's more than that because uh, it's the depression, and it's the uh, wanting to be that rec- reclusive type, um, mm-hmm. and 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 burying the problems and not uh, facing them. That's. Uh, hitting the nail on the head. Yeah. Where it's and, just and like, oh, the, man. The, the, scene, uh, uh, the scene with Rita, you know, trying to get Larry to dance at the party, like, that was a very tender moment that I liked. And even though it was very small, like, to me, it's, I enjoyed that the most. Because, I, I, again, I love seeing those two friends just trying to support each other. It's such a good feeling um and what sucks is that at the end of the episode those two like are nowhere near each other rita's like over at the stairway just being completely absorbed in in her trauma and then larry is absorbed in his own trauma and they're literally not even in the same room not even talking they're like having their own issues amongst the doom patrol and it's that's what sucks is how close they are at the beginning of the episode and how their trauma has like completely separated the two characters. Um, it's it's just super well written. Today's like I want this show to win an Emmy in the sense of like you, these writers are killing it at, for a TV show. And I don't know if I said this before, but like it's isn't it interesting how we talk about the writers like like how much of a force that they are on the show like that we know the names of the writers that we that we understand like that there's that there's a human personality writing these things and like for most shows when they don't mean much to us we don't we don't care to find out who's involved making it Mm -hmm. you know like and i and I, i say this about like the other dc tv shows like I'm not going in trying to find out who wrote that episode for today, unless it was so good that I then have to know who wrote it, which yeah. is like, you know, 
Kevin Smith wrote Runaway Dinosaur for Flash, and like because that was a monumental episode, and you're like, oh, Kevin Smith wrote it. Of course, it's fucking great. Um, yeah, or uh, and then oh, I was gonna say or any Jonathan Frank's Star Trek episode. Like, th- yeah, you pay attention. Yeah. <laughs> you pay attention to those. Yeah. It's like you see it, and then you go, "Oh, this person's writing this episode." And you're like, "Yeah." And then you start to know, and then you follow them. If you, you know, social media, or you just you just become a fan of that person's work, and then you follow them through their career. And it's like with Doom Patrol, it's like we, at least I do. I, you know, I don't mean to speak for you, Nate, but it's like you and I, we follow the writers now. Mm-hmm because we care so much about the TV show because we care so much about them writing it and because like or and like what they're doing care about I mean, yeah we, we care about them as they write the episodes like supporting them and stuff like that because they're doing such a great job and they stick with it and they don't seem like they're just hired to write episodes for a TV show they feel like people who are there to write Doom Patrol yeah it just happens to be for television it's um, um it's it's streaming it's a real uh feeling of of uh an understanding um mm-hmm. especially with i mean because you know i've said it hundreds of times and i'll keep saying it doom patrol was not something that you picked up and you you know I, you didn't you, you didn't really tell i mean i don't know for speaking from my experience i didn't tell other people that i was reading doom patrol it was like no i read justice league and flash it's like, oh yeah, okay, that's a kid that you know likes a flash. It's like, yeah, all right, whatever. Um, yeah, it wasn't until you know, no, we just we were in our twenties where it was like, hey, this is like, this we this was the stuff that you read, and it's like, oh, this uh hurts. I feel this. Um, mm-hmm. I understand it, and I'm pretty sure I'm supposed to be learning from this. And then you put it in the hands of uh, all these amazing writers that are translating that beautifully into a live-action television show. But the fact that the passion is there is just amazing to me. It feels passionate. I And, and I mean, it, you can yeah. see it. You can see that they care. Yeah. Yeah. You can I love see it. That they care. And it's, I love you guys. It's so good. It, like... They do such a great job. They deserve all the praise in the world. Um, and I hope maybe one day they can write uh, a Doom Patrol movie. <laughs> and they just like... Do you usually... Is that a like, thing that you go to when it's like... See, like, I don't give a shit about that. It'd be cool to... You no, know, that's obviously like, oh, uh, you know, more projects. And that's like where, uh, the you know, the work was like going or anything like that. But there's... I'm not... A, I've never been like one where it's like, you know... I don't know. I think it's more easily attributed right now to like video games. Cool video game comes out, I'll be like, man, I really hope they can make a movie. I'd be like, well, why? The that's the that's the story. The video games the story. Why do you need another? I don't. That's know. I believe that. No, I believe that. But I, it's I, I I that's to me that that's an issue where it's like they make a movie based off a video game, but like no, I'm just thinking <laughs> it would be cool because like if they can if the TV show can be so successful that it spawns off like uh, a kind of like a you know like the the dc movies that are coming out nowadays are very tight small budget they don't have to be crazy um but like with doom patrol it's like if if they can get to a level where it's like they can make a movie it'd be pretty cool to see um Um, or even like we talked about before if doom patrol could just exist 
in the DC multiverse and just show up somewhere in a movie or something or another TV show. It would be really cool to see the 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 Doom Patrol as a grouped character showing up together. It would be kind of cool to see. There was a really cool uh when you just said that there was a really cool page from I think I think it was from bah, I don't know. One of the one of the new new uh weekly books, maybe Justice League or maybe uh the death metal trinity book i think or whatever whatever's happened anyway oh. there was a there was a one pager of superman standing like i guess in a watchtower or esque thing where they were all on the floating platforms mm-hmm. and like all the other earths and stuff like that were there like yeah. those kind of things where it's like you know you get the avengers assemble thing where it's like you can look and you can see everybody and we got it with the dc movies uh well in justice league with the uh, uh god god's fight god fights god fight Yeah, I believe it was issue. I want to say it was issue twenty-seven. Of that what? just came out. Oh, the book that uh, I was Justice League. <laughs> was it a Justice League book? Yeah, it was Justice League. It was okay. like um, I can't exactly remember which. Uh, what what the issue was that just came out? I don't know like, what I could, dude. I couldn't. T- I stopped doing weeklies. Uh, a while ago, and that's uh, showing my ass. But that right that now. concept. That concept is the same where it's yeah. like, you know, that Doom Patrol could show up somewhere else. And the concept of representation that... is what it is. Yeah. And the fact that someone actually cares enough to be like, hey, no, these guys, like, throw them throw throw into something. Um, yeah. Timothy, but also, Timothy Mark... Dalton's been in movies, so we're good. Yeah, that's, that's great. has been in go. movies, so he knows. Um, Matt Bomber. I got to say, though, uh, I do... See, when you said, like, I wish it would, like, you know, like, if, if the success is well enough to go in the direction of a movie, awesome, cool. Do I personally wish that for the endgame? No. I'm living it up with what I'm getting right now, and it exists as a very well-done live-action television series, uh, and that's mm-hmm. amazing to me. Because then when you say, like, movies, then it's like, okay, well, then what story is it going to be? All these things and stuff like that, where it's like, I don't need to... That's too much thought uh, and, like, you know, un- unneeded <laughs> brain power for me. to. That's that's taking away my attention from what the television show is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, is it wrong to say television show? I guess it's a streaming, the streaming show. I say TV show all the time. Oh, snap. Like, no, people it, are still, I don't it's know. Not on, it's not on the television <laughs> it's like uh, it is it's on your television it's on but your it's television not a, hey i'm sure uh, people have this conversation did you get the rim shot sound yet um yeah so that yeah that's uh, that's it for for my thoughts on today's episode um and with that i guess it's time to wrap up today's episode and if you guys have enjoyed everything you heard you can find us on all social media at radio doom patrol and we'll catch you guys next week for Finger Patrol. DJ, please take it away. Well, nobodies, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling pretty dizzy from this come down. I'm just about ready to tune out and drop dead. But we'll catch you next time here on Doom Patrol Radio. Monday.